Welcome to St. Thomas Episcopal Church Monday Thursday service. You can follow along with a bulletin that's printed in our weekly email, and also you can find this bulletin online. Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. His mercy endures forever. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. The Lord be with you and also with you. Let us pray. Almighty Father, whose dear Son on the night before he suffered instituted the sacrament of his body and blood, mercifully grant that we may receive it thankfully in remembrance of Jesus Christ our Lord, who in these holy mysteries gives us a pledge of eternal life and who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading the psalm together. I love the Lord because he has heard the voice of my supplication, because he has inclined his ear to me whenever I called upon him. How shall I repay the Lord? For all the good things he has done for me. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his servants. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant and the child of your handmaid. You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. Hallelujah. A reading from 1 Corinthians. I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. 
Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, one who has bathed does not need to wash except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him, and for this reason he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet and put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you should also love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, amen. I have a friend with a four-year-old son. And the other day, he asked her before going to bed, he said, Mom, do you know everything in the world? She was really taken aback. 
said, oh gosh, no, you're not even close. And with all the sincerity of a four-year-old heart, he turned to her and said, well, would you like me to teach you? We have been spending an awful lot of time as a family together. We've been spending a lot of time, you know, getting to know our kids in a whole new and wonderful way where we created this lifestyle of going to school and having time apart in the morning, and all of a sudden, for the last three weeks, we're all up in each other. And my children are still fairly young. You know, I have a three-year-old, three-and-a-half-year-old, she would say. But she still requires a lot of my service and attention. We still have to cook for her and prepare things for her and kind of guide her day and be with her. But there is no one more demanding There is no one more tyrannical, there is no one that's more of a dictator in the universe than an infant, than a newborn. A newborn doesn't care when you are tired or sleeping or out of the room. When they are hungry, they want to be fed immediately. When they are discomforted in any way, they don't like the the feel of this cotton fabric, they will let you know with all the hysteria and the chaos that their, you know, seven-pound bodies can muster. There is no one more demanding than an infant. And yet, in this kind of funny, upside-down universe, the world makes up a story that at the height of your career, at the pinnacle of your power and privilege in society, that that is kind of the height of being. That the bigger you are and the more important you are and the larger your title, that you should have the right to act in some ways like that infant child. That your needs should be met instantly. That you should always have your way. That when you have a demand or a need, it should be satisfied instantly. I had a boss like that once. Maybe you had a boss like that once. Maybe you know what it's like to work for somebody with that sense of ego, that sense of power, right? I had a boss that had this expectation when he said stand, when he said something that everyone would immediately jump to it and go forth. That when he walked in the room, he expected everyone to stand up. When he said a joke, he expected everyone to laugh. That he thought his ideas were the most clever. And honestly, it was really hard to work, to work with him or for him. Maybe the world is changing some, maybe we're kind of changing that model, but that has been the model of human history, that the people who have the most power have the greatest expectations of everyone else, that everyone else should serve them. Certainly, the worldview that Jesus stepped into, right, that King Herod, when he walked into the room, that that those who were not standing up for him were bowing down before him, that when he was hungry, everyone ate. When he was tired, everyone went home. That he was the one of greatest privilege. And yet Jesus turns this upside down. And yet Jesus turns this upside down in the story we read today. He's with his disciples. And they call him Lord, master of the universe, because they've seen the work that he can do. They have walked with him. They have seen him. Feed 5,000 people out of a few loaves of bread and fish. 
They've witnessed him walking across the water and stilling the mighty storm. They have seen Jesus stand outside the cave and call forth as Lazarus would rise from the dead after four days. They believe that Jesus is God, not just merely some king who's risen into power, not some politician that's wooed the crowds. He is God. They have seen him with the power over death's self. And he's continuing to tell them this news story. He says, on this night, I will be betrayed. I will be arrested. I will be imprisoned. I will be killed. And yet, that's not the end of my story. And yet, that won't be the end. And they believe him, and they say, yes, you are God. We can testify. We have seen the, the actions But before I do that, he says, I'm going to show you how to live. I'm going to show you how to live with one another, and I'm going to show you how to live in society. He gets down on his knees, and he wraps a towel around his waist, and he begins to wash their feet. And this is like blowing their minds. Jesus, you are God. You should be the one where people are falling down in the streets and waving palm fronds and singing before you and crying out, Hosanna. Yet you would wash our feet like the lowliest servant? This is what we make our slaves do. This is disgusting work. It's disgusting physically. It's gross. But also symbolically, it's disgusting. Symbolically, this is what we would reserve for the least among us. And Jesus says, yes, because I've come to show you how to serve. I've come to show you how to help one another. He says, do you want to know how to live? Do you want to know how to be in relationship? Do you want to know how to love God? Well, let me show you then how to serve. Let me show you how to help. Because maybe in helping, maybe in serving, we are, in fact, loving the most. Maybe, in fact, we're being our most godlike in this. He's saying, if you want to be like me, Christ-like, then you need to serve. But perhaps even deeper than that, in learning how to serve, in learning how to help, Perhaps we're being our most human. Maybe this is for what we have been created in our deepest, most true essence. In Genesis, it begins, the God creates light. And it was good. And it was great. And then God creates heaven and earth. And it is good. And then God creates um, the, the seas, and separates them from the dry land, and it is good. And then God creates man, and it is good. But then he looks down and he sees Adam all alone. This man that he created in this garden, in all of the splendor of the world, and he says, it is not good. Seven times the Bible says, it is good, it is good, it is good. And then on the eighth time he looks and sees Adam alone and says, it is not good. And so he creates someone for him. He creates this being Eve. And what is this word for Eve? He says, look, I have created for you what? It doesn't say a maid. It doesn't say a servant. It doesn't say a, a, um, a cook or even a servant or a slave. It's this beautiful word in Hebrew. It says, look, I have created for you a helper. 
Because even in paradise, we can't go at it alone. Because even surrounded in the Garden of Eden, life is too much by ourselves that we need helpers. And maybe living in relationship with Eve is the truest sense of our, human, of our humanness and our humanity that we are meant to both be helped and to be helpers. This is what Jesus is saying as he's getting on his knees. If you want to be most godlike, then you also have to find your most humanness. And getting on your knees to serve one another is showing God's love. And I think of this a lot right now as we're moving through the coronavirus and in the pandemic. I think of this quote people are saying over and over from Mr. Rogers. That Mr. Rogers said his mother had told him in these times of crisis, look for the helpers. Look for the people who come out to help. And it's not hard right now to see the helpers. It's not hard to see the people who are running our society when everyone else is locked in our houses with our children and our families. We're being separated one from the other. Yet we can look and see over and over and over these stories of nurses and doctors who are going in on the front lines, who are facing the disease face on without the right equipment sometimes, without the, the proper masks or protections, but they're still knowingly stepping into that place. Maybe full of fear, maybe full of anxiety and worry, but doing so because they know that this is the work they've been called to do. That long before there was a pandemic, long before there was COVID-19, they had gone to school and studied and dedicated themselves to medicine to be helpers for a crisis just like this. And even other people in society, now we're seeing other people who are emerging, right, who, who, whose lifestyle is given to helping us succeed. People like our janitors and our custodians who come to clean our buildings and sanitize them. The people who are out able to shop and buy our, our groceries. The people who prepare our food. People who help society run at the most basic level. And all of a sudden, we're now aware of these helpers but the truth is, they've always been there. And maybe it's our opportunity to give them the gratitude and respect and appreciation that they've always deserved. These people who are offering their lives for us. Isn't that what Jesus is talking about when he says, if you want to be like me, if you want to be my disciples, then follow me, then serve like me, then become the helpers. Maybe it's our opportunity now to give them our gratitude and our thanks and our respect. And maybe we can forever be changed through society because of this. Maybe we can look out at society and with new eyes that once we go back to work and we go back into the streets and we congregate again, whether that's in a month or in two months or whenever we do, but we can be changed and now have the eyes to see the helpers who are among us. And maybe we can learn from their example and even follow their example. And maybe those opportunities, when we have the chance, that we too can become the helper. That we can become, like Christ, a servant to others. And in that way, we become our most Christian 
and at the same time, in some way, maybe we become our most human. At this time, I think God is calling us to see the helpers. And in time, if we're lucky, maybe even God is calling us to be the helpers. Amen. Have mercy upon us, most merciful Father. In your compassion, forgive us all our sins, known and unknown, things done and left undone. And so uphold us by your Spirit, that we may live and serve you in newness of life, to the honor and glory of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy upon us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Let us pray the words Christ himself has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.